0: i 'm going to continue our series building faith i can 't believe this is all, already the third week in our series and uh, and so, in week number one, we talked about the essentials of faith and if you remember what those essentials are we we, we kind of talked about them i 'm just going to give you a very very brief summary of them because I think it ties into. Uh, what we're talking about today, because we're going to come back around to this. But we talked about what are the essentials of faith. And when we talk about essentials, we're talking about the things that we need to understand uh, in in order to really access heaven and have God to move on our behalf. We already concluded that all of us are wanting God to move. We want God to move on our behalf. We want God to show himself strong. And we understand that, that if God is going to do anything, he is going to do it through faith. And, 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 and so that is the cornerstone. It is the foundation by which heaven's work. It's the foundation by which we operate here in the earth. And so we said that in week one, we said that without faith, it's impossible to please God. Became pleasing without faith. We also said that the just shall live by faith. We said that we walk by faith and not by sight. Now, how do you know that's a big one? To walk by faith and not by sight. That's the calling that God has called us to. We also explored the fact that faith without works is dead. We said there that if you truly really believe God, then your works will affirm what you believe. And so we said when somebody believe God, then they walk like it, they act like it, and they talk like it. We also said that faith calls us to obey in spite of what it looks like, even if we disagree in our own spirit. How many knows that are sometimes you can disagree with the word of God? But how you know that the Word of God takes precedence over your feelings? Right? Mm, mm, I ain't get a lot of amens on that, but I'm going amen myself. <laughs> Faith must be and will be developed. We said that. Faith will be developed. That's why God allows tests. That's why God allows trials. And, and let me say this to you. We spend a lifetime... Trying to avoid tests and trials, trying to avoid difficulties, but yet God sometimes takes us right into them. Why? Because He used tests and trials in order to to prepare us for what it is that He wants to do in our life. How many know that the Bible said that Jesus was led into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil? (laughs) Y'all get that? Jesus was led. Jesus was led there by God before He began His ministry. So we understand that our faith must be developed, it must be tested. Faith says what one believe. We said that so, you know, uh, we talked about the, the importance of our words and speaking and hearing. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So the more you talk words of faith, the more it gets into your spirit, the more you hear it, then the more it changes you. So we said that what you feed yourself is very important as it relates to faith. We also said that faith believes till the end. These were our essential principles of faith. So faith believes God until the end. And we said in that particular vein, we said that, that some of the men and women died in faith, not receiving the promise, but received it afar off by faith. And so the idea is that no matter what, how many know that we, we're going to go down, should Jesus tarry? We're going to go down to the earth. But, but, but and, I, and I said that uh, when I mentioned this, but I, I said the importance of believing God no matter what. Because I mean, Noah, as a Christian, you, you, listen, if you're going to go down, you better go down swinging. Let me put it to you this way. You better go down believing. Are you hear what I'm saying. Believe God no matter what, no matter what you see, no matter what you experience. And then last week, we talked about Noah. We talked about how the Noah uh, built that ark when there was no signs of rain. That Noah was out there building and believing God. <laughs> For some hundred, 120 years, and uh, all of a sudden God shows up when everybody else was laughing and, and, and making fun and mocking. And how many know that we said that sometimes the faith in God will make you look foolish to the outside world? Sometimes when you make a decision that you're going to believe God, get it into your spirit, get it into your mind, the most of the people out there you know will think that you are weird. When you start talking about, I'm going to believe God, because the thing that you're believing God for goes counter to what, and how our culture thinks and acts. So you're walking into that situation. Jesus. said, I'm believing God for the supernatural. And, and but if, if you're one of those who got to have affirmation from the people, you will never be able to please God. You hear what I'm saying, church? If you're one of those who need the accolades of the people, you're always going to struggle because when he talks about, when we talk about matters of faith, we understand that, that Going back to Noah, Noah was the only one. He was building, when everybody else was like, "What are you doing? Are you nuts? Are you crazy? It doesn't make sense." Did anybody ever told you something? Well, they don't make it, Why are you doing this? Why are you serving God? Why are you going to church? Why? Are you? They throw all these things at you, and, and but you just keep on building, right? You keep doing what God told you to do. And so today, I'm going to talk about faith over fear. That's going to be uh, my t- uh, title of my message today: Faith over. fear. Say that with me. Faith over fear. Come on, say it again. Faith over fear. One more time, I want you to say it with faith. Faith over fear. Now, I kept wanting you to say that by design because I want this thing to really get down into your spirit because your destiny and your purpose is at stake. You see, there's nobody that that, that really, and by the way, happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. I know we pray for y'all, but... But when I think about Father's Day, uh, you know, it's almost like for me, I I think I might just make a tradition just to speak on David because there was nobody who was just more of a masculine faith a uh, warrior than, than David. I mean, you know, you, you've always heard me say that David is one of my favorite people in the Bible. But one of the reasons why, now I want you to hear me, one of the reasons why the, many of us, we love the story of David and Goliath so much, because innately we all believe and know that we all have giants. How many of you have some giants in your own life? We all have giants that we are all facing. That's why this story resonates with us so well. And we all know that in order for us to get to where God want to take us or go to the next level, instinctively, we know that if we're going to get to the other side, we got to confront our giants. And many of us are dealing with different kinds of giants. giants and how many know that fear is a big one? And and so many of us are dealing with many different things. And and, and the reality of it is is that if we're going to become what God wants us to become, we got to exercise our faith over fear. Now, we all just read about the story, you know about the story of David. And but there are some things that the Bible just gives you facts. It don't always give you the emotional, uh, you know, the emotional degree of how a person may have felt. But I believe that David was. Uh, human, just like all of us, right? He was. He was human, just like us all. I believe that David had same kinds of emotions that we all have. How I many know we all experience things in life? And, and I believe that, that probably that, that David was tempted to fear Goliath, just like the rest of them. You remember that when, when, when all the armies were gathered together, getting ready to fight, all the people, man, they were just, can you imagine Saul and all of the armies, they were running away. Scared every time Goliath showed up. Grown men running, tail duck, getting out of, just just running away, fear. And and and, and so so what was it that David now come? Watch y'all with me, say amen, David comes on the scene and he's looking at the same giant that they see. They ain't no different giant, the same Goliath. Everybody else see Goliath and they, woo, oh, and they freeze. David sees Goliath and David exercises his faith. In other words, David chose to exercise his faith over fear. Are y'all with me? Say amen. See, you got to make a choice. See, all of us are going to experience sometimes the emotions of fear. How many of you have ever, you know what I'm talking about? We're all going to experience that. But the way we get over it is that we look fear right in the face or the giant right in the face and we decide that we're going to believe God rather than to dwell on the negative. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning, church? David, let me know that when you read about the story of David, David was not meditating on the negative. <laughs> I, I, you see no way in him David said, what if I lose? You see no way. Did David say that? Do you see anything in the text? If you're able to find that, get back with me later and let me know. There's nowhere in the text where David seems to say, I don't really know if I could pull this off. But David had a whole different mindset than with the rest. He saw something different. He saw victory. When he saw the giant, he saw victory. When everybody else saw it, they saw fear. I believe that, that, that when we de- defeating fear is a choice. Y'all, see, this message is going to help you to listen. I don't know what you fear. I don't know what you're scared of because here's the thing You got to deal with that thing because if you don't deal with it that giant will cause and this is what Satan's I believe Satan's number one tool that he used to stop the people of God is fear His number one tool If he can get you afraid of death, afraid of people, afraid of this, afraid of that Then you will never cross over to the other side You will always be stuck And the moment that you walk away then you, you, you could be essentially walking away from your destiny and your purpose. But you know better. So let's look at, let's look at this a little bit. So, so I'm going to talk a little bit here about David. Um, well, I'm going to talk a lot about David. Uh, so let me give you a little bit of a background because I think just for uh, continuity's sake. So David, Saul was the first king of Israel. Everybody know about Saul. He started with a lot of promise, uh, but he have hardly followed God. In other words, he begged God a little bit. Uh, He obeyed God sometimes and other times he didn't obey God. So God got upset about that and God rejected Saul, Israel's first king. God says, "Okay, I'm done with you. I'm moving in another direction. So Samuel, who was the lead prophet, he was sent by God to Bethlehem to anoint a new king. God had already decided. Y'all hear me? God had already decided. Let me say that again. God had already decided who his next king was going to be. How many you know God is already, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord? Come on. Come on. Your steps are ordered. You got to believe that, church. I'm going to get y'all excited. Even though I got to jump and scream. Come on. This is some good stuff. See, Samuel was sent by God to come and anoint the new king of Israel. So he was sent over to the house of Jesse. Jesse had eight sons. And then, you know, Samuel sees one, the oldest son, the couple of them. He's a man. Surely the Lord's anointing is on him and because he looked like he was anointed. And, and the Lord says, the Lord does not see what, like, men see, God judges the heart. See, oftentimes, you'll find God where you don't expect him to be. Come on, church. See, that's just how God works. He takes those things that are weak, obscure. He takes the things that everybody else looks at and takes for a joke. Those are the things that he uses. That's how he does it. You know, he's an expert at that. That's all he does because he knows that he will get the glory. So, so he goes and he Uh, Samuel realized something was up and finally Samuel said, do you got another kid? So yes, I got one little boy back there. He's tending the sheep. The the, the youngest one, the baby. Surely nobody expect him to be the next king of his. Sure enough, soon as Samuel walked back there to see David, God said, the Lord spoke and said, that's the one, anoint him. Now Saul was still in power, but God had already selected his new king. And so it brings us to this point now where, where you find that the Israelites were in perpetual battle with the Philistines. So David now, he gets anointed and in, in, the, in Israel is fighting the Philistines. So David, Jesse's, uh, Jesse, who is his father, says, I want you to go uh, and, and, and give some food to your brothers who was fighting in the war. David goes over there uh, where they're fighting at and he sees this whole thing, this battle that is being set up. And this is really kind of lays the, the, the foundation for the encounter with David and Goliath. And so I want to talk about a defining moment for a moment. I know that's a play on words, but I want to talk about uh, the process of a defining moment. Because God is always working in our way, in our life. And we understand it. We say that all the time. We say things like the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. We believe that. But in the process of God working in our lives, and I've, I've come to find this to be true, that there are defining moments that if you don't reach out and grab it, you will miss God. Every one of us, there are moments where you could, how many of you sense and believe in your heart that God has a call on your life to do something great? Come on, how many believe that? Nobody believe that they're called to be great? There's something inside of your heart, something that God designed you for. Right. You believe instinctively that there, there's something there. And, and, and so what God will do is God will work in your life and then to a point that he'll bring you. and You, you, you have a defining moment. And, 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 and David, and I want you to understand something about David as we go into this, his defining moment. First of all, David's faith had been developed while he was in the yard tending sheep. David's faith. was. Remember I said one of the faith principles is your faith got to be developed. So David's faith was being developed. It says in, in, in uh, verse 34, is, uh, 1 Samuel chapter 17. It says in verse 34, but David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear come and took a lamb out of the flock, I went after it. I struck it. I delivered the lamb from his mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by the beard. I struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed. Watch this. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. Seeing he has defiled the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion will, and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go and the Lord will be with you. Now I want you to understand something. All that while, Y'all see, Y'all, y'all got to stay with me. All that while, While David is in obscurity, Nobody is expecting David to be great anything, but David is back and God, and God is developing his faith. All of a sudden, David finds himself in a situation, a bear tries to attack the sheep. David gets courage and boy, he beats that sheep down. He defeats it. Then David, faith takes a leap. Then, oh, here comes the lion. Now the lion wants to attack the sheep and David, now David gets into a battle with the lion and David beats up the lion. Now, I want you to understand something. For every victory, your faith is elevated. Y- 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 y'all follow me? So all the while, what we see here is that God is preparing David. And David, I don't even know at this particular moment if David even knew what was going on. See, you may be going to see. See, I know? I believe that there's a lot of us in here right now. You've been you listen. You've been slaughtering some lions and some bears. And nobody knows that you've been doing it. Nobody even have a clue. I mean, you're just back there doing your thing in the back. Nobody even, no, you, you, nobody have a clue about what's going on. And all of a sudden, here you come with this big, crazy faith. So all the while, David was being tested. God was developing his faith, just like how many you know God is developing your faith. See, you're going through some tests and, you, yeah, and you're, you're confronted, you're, you're actually dealing with some lions and some bears. And some of you right now, you feel like, man, I can't, I can't do it. I can't do it. But you got to stay with it. How many of you know that? I believe that David had to, come on, if you're going to fight a lion, you got to fight. Come on, brother Walter. It ain't easy to be, I've never fought one, hallelujah. But I, I, I imagine that if you're going to fight a lion, it ain't going to be easy. How many of you going through some things right now? It ain't easy. But God, but, but, but look at your neighbor and say, stay the course. Come on, sit because God is developing your faith. He's developing you. He's preparing you. All that while, watch this church, all the while, David was over there beating up lions. And probably nobody knew it, but boy, David had some crazy faith. That's why when David walked up and saw Goliath, he won't intimidate him. Why? Because God had already prepared him. Oh, y'all, y'all with me? Say amen. amen. See, David's faith over fear moment was when he confronted Goliath. That was his moment. And and, and, and watch, the Bible says, so, when, when, and this is uh, verse number 48. I got so much, I'm trying to condense it. And so it was, when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David, and David heard and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. So when, here's what I want you to understand. Everything that God was doing up until that point was a build-up to this moment. This moment, because God knew that He would have to fight Goliath. See, it wasn't the lion and the bear that put David on the map. The lion and the bear was target practice. <laughs> oh, I'm mean, even going through some target practice. God got you practicing. See, the lion and the bear. What, what wasn't it as awesome as that was? Man, to beat a lion and a bear, that be. how I mean, know that would be worth bragging about. But that is not what put him on the map. What put him on the map is when he encountered Goliath. Everybody say Goliath. You see, see, we all will have a faith over fear moment. It's that moment when you either sink or swim. Stand or fall. Crawl or walk. Jump or stay put. Hit or hit back. How many know the Bible said that the the, the kingdom of God suffered violence, but the violence take it by force. How many know that sometimes you got to fight for what's yours? You got to fight for the thing. I mean, you got to fight for it. You see, and so David now, so everything was a buildup to this moment. This was David's faith moment. And that's why when David came up and when David saw it, he recognized his moment. Because you remember, at this point, David had already been anointed as king. So he knew that God was doing something in his life, but he didn't know, had no idea how he was going to get there. But, but I believe that, like David, I hope some of us are the same. That we walk around looking for that moment when God will just catapult us into our destiny. Are you hearing what I'm saying? See, when you're walking with God, you're looking for that moment. You're waiting for it. And David was re- it, 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 the Bible says in in, uh, in, in the same chapter, uh, 1 Samuel chapter 17. It says in verse 26. Then David spoke to the men who stood by him, saying, What shall be done for the man who kills the Philistine? Now, why did David ask that question? <laughs> Come on, now. Come on. He said, now, he comes, everybody, remember, everybody else is afraid. Everybody else is terrified. And David, David sees the giant, he goes, I can almost see him. He's like sizing him up. He's like, <laughs> hey, uh, what's going to be done? for the guy to kill this. Because David knew instinctively, David was looking for his moment and something inside of him said, this is your moment, son. And David was pondering that thing and David had a choice to make. He could have said, "Ah, how many have ever since God told you to do something but you were scared to do it? And then you walked away and you felt bad because you knew you should have did it. He missed a moment. <laughs> he missed a moment. Here, David, but he recognized his moment, and he asked a question. He says, what's going to be done? Because somehow, I know the man of God anointed me, so so, I'm supposed, so, so I'm, something great is going to happen in my life. How many you know that God says that he's the author and the finisher of your faith? The Bible says that the steps of a good man, a woman, are ordered by the Lord. How I many you know the Bible says no good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly? Come on. It, 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 this don't matter. I mean, how, old was, how old was Sarah when she had a baby? He but old enough. Old enough. She, was, she was old. Around 80. Somewhere in there. How old was Abraham when he became a father to Isaac? About 90? 99? Y- y'all with me? See... This, how many know that this faith walk don't discriminate? This is for everybody. Are y'all hear what I'm saying? Yes. See, you never know what God is going to see. This is the thing about. This is what I love about being a Christian. That I love of it because here's what I love about it. Because man, I get to live, live and serve a supernatural God that defies the natural things of the world. So I don't know what God. Listen, I don't know what God might do to me. I'm a ripe old age of 52. But, you know, I'll be 70 and I'll still be looking. Come on, church. If God tell, I'll be 80 and I'll still be looking. Why? Because I've seen what God has done. You follow what I'm saying? And he is no respecter of person. But the question is, are you looking? Are you in faith or are you just like, uh, I don't know. Let me just check out. I don't know. Oh, I, I, see, faith says, faith is always looking for that moment, that next thing when God begins to move. David saw it, and when he saw it, he sees it. You remember I told you uh, uh, years ago, uh, recently, I, told, I said when I was, my moment came for me, it, had, it don't even make sense. When I was in a police uniform, I had to sing in front of 1,200 kids. Y'all heard me say that over and over again. That was my moment. I knew it was my moment. And I didn't, I know I knew it was my moment because I didn't want to do it. But everything inside of me said you're supposed to. And I made a choice that day. I made a choice to exercise my faith over my fear. As a consequence of that, I'm standing here today preaching boldly to you. Because that was my moment. David saw it. He understood it, and instead of letting fear cause him to, to draw back, David walked right into it and said, you know what? I'm going for it. Look at the David and say, go for it. You got to go for it. So how did he do it? How did David activate his faith? You know, we talk about one of these principles. We said, David walked by faith and not by sight. Because that's what he did. We walked by faith. We walked by faith and not by sight. And David walked by faith and not by sight. How do we you know that if David was seeing like everybody else saw, then he would have been afraid like everybody else. See, David saw, when David saw, is a, David saw a big old giant that was, that was going to get wiped off the map, David saw him as defeated because he saw, because how many know that greater is the God that is in you than the God that is in the world? How many of you believe that? See? See, when you really believe that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world, then you know what? Then I don't, I'm not in, listen, I respect everybody, but I only worship God. Y'all hear what I'm saying? I respect authority. Everybody say respect. I respect authority. But I only worship God because I believe that there's nothing greater than God. There's no power. There's no institution. There's no person that is greater than God. And when David saw it, how do you know that David walked by faith and not by sight? And he saw that and he saw something totally different than what everybody else saw because how do you know that in the flesh, David was no match for Goliath? No match. In the flesh, he was no match for Goliath. But we must see that our God is bigger. He's bigger than cancer. Come on. He's bigger than your wayward child this morning. He's bigger than your financial problem. He's bigger than your boss that is giving you problems. He's bigger than your marriage. How many, how many know God is bigger, stronger? He's not limited. But like David, sometimes you have to stand alone in your faith. In verse number 33, it says this, and Saul said to David, you are not able to go against this Philistine, look at this church, or to fight with him, for you are a youth, and he is a man of war from his youth. So, let me know that everybody there was looking at David and thinking, just like Saul, you can't do it. You can't do it. And you'll have people that as you're trying to believe God, there'll be people that will be whispering in your ear all the time saying, you can't do it. In fact, everybody else, look at everybody else tried it and it didn't work. What make, everybody else tried to fight Goliath and they got beat down. What makes you different? So how many know sometimes, church, you're going to have to stand alone and believe God? And you got to be comfortable being in the minority. I said that last week. You got to be comfortable being in that place. See, when they say you can't, all you got to say is, yes, I can't, but God can do it through me. And all things are possible to him who what? Believes. Right? And so David had to stand alone. And sometimes, church, you're going to have to believe God all by yourself. Most, How many of you work in places where most of your folks are? Unbelievers. How many of you go to places where most of them ain't Christian? My kids go to a the school. They most of them ain't Christians. I got a job. Most of them ain't Christian on my job. Am I right about are most of them Christian at your job? Are most of them Christians? Huh? Most of them? Huh. They're not. So why are we trying to please them or be like them when we're called to come out from them and to be different and to trust and to walk and, and to walk with God? So sometimes you have to stand alone. And David had to stand alone when everybody else was standing there saying, David, don't do it, man. Don't do it. You can't do it. You know, you can't do this dream. I know you've been dreaming. You've been hoping to pull this off, but you can't do it. You can't be it. You, you, you're not smart enough. You're not wise enough. You don't have the resources. Uh, you're, not, you're, you're too old. You're too this. You're too that. Uh, you know, you're too young. Or, you know, you're not. Th- there are always going to be those who will tell you what you can't do. But how many know that with God, all things are possible? And you need to stay with God. See, David saw his giant as an opportunity to magnify his God. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 46. When David said to him, he said, you remember he said, David, he said, the Lord will give you into my hand. I'm going to take your head off. How many know this is some graphic language right here? He said, I'm going to take your head off. He said, that all the earth may know that there's a God in Israel. David was doing it all for the glory of God. Let me tell you something, church. If you make up in your mind that you want to succeed in life and you want to do it for the purposes of giving God glory, how many of you believe that the sky's is the limit? The Bible said that Jesus, uh, that Jesus was highly exalted you know, because Jesus was a servant and all Jesus wanted to do was he was our example. He just wanted to do the will of the father. That's all he wanted to do. He said, my, he said, my desire, my goal is to walk into this place and do the will of my father who is in heaven. And, 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 and anytime that you see anybody, if your, if your goal is, you know what, I'm going to, God's going to get the glory out of this victor. All all David was thinking, all he was thinking was, man, God's going to get glory out of this When this Philistine head falls off his shoulder, man, they're going to talk about God. They're going to have, boy, come on. They're going to have to give praise to God. They're going to have to worship him because they're going to see the impossible. It's kind of like the same thing with Jesus. You know, when Jesus got ready to raise lives from the dead, he said the same thing. He says, he says, when when he raised life, he said, he said, he said, this sickness is not under death, but for the glory of God, for the glory of God. Everybody say for the glory of God, for the glory of God. Do it for God's honor. Be committed to that and watch how God will elevate you. Watch how God will use you. He'll use you. How many know God raised up Pharaoh for his own glory? God raised him up. You know, he raised up up Pharaohs and Goliaths that he might uh, show himself strong. And all he's doing is looking for people that will dare believe him in the process. David. Here's another, here's another thing we see how David uh, activated his faith. David spoke those things that are not as though they were. You remember he said, he said before before he took off the giant's head, David said, the Lord is going to deliver me into your hands. I'm going to take your hair from you. I'm going to feed you, feed you to the carcasses. How do you know that David was speaking those things which he believed? Remember we talked about how that, one of the faith principles is that you know, we got to speak those things that are not as though they are. See, um, what you don't hear is David saying, oh, I don't know. Um, you know, I'm, I'm hoping I'm going to give it a shot, guys. Y'all pray for me. I'm going in. <laughs> I don't know what God going to do, but I'm really, really hoping that, because, you know, he beat everybody else up. Probably going to get me too, but I'm going to try. Y'all just, you know, you, you don't hear any of that, right? All you see is David, David talking to him like, I'm what David said, I'm what, he told him, he said, I'm going to, he told him what he was going to do to him before he did it. See, that's faith. See, when you really believe God, you start talking like it. Are y'all with me? I know my God going to supply my need. I know God going to fix his problem. I believe right now that I'm going to get a healing from God because I prayed and I believe God for it. And don't be mad at me if I walk around believing God for healing. How many know that sometimes people get mad at you when you say you believe in God for healing? Did y'all know that people out there get mad at you about that? they will rebuke you. And they will even tell you, man, God don't heal like that no more. How do you know God is bigger than cancer? Come on. Right. That's right. You know, if you follow what I'm saying? Like I said before, God never rebuked anybody for believing him. He, re- he rebuked folks for the opposite. So David spoke those things that were not as though they were. And we got to do the exact same thing. And from the beginning, we see that David saw this. As a battle of from the Lord, a, a, a battle from the beginning. I'm sorry, from the beginning, David saw this as God's battle. Verse number twenty-six says, "For who is this?" This is what David said. For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Who is this guy? Moreover, David said, "The Lord who delivered me, the Lord who delivered me, the Lord who delivered me, the Lord who delivered me." the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear to David is going back, remembering what he, God brought him through. See, those are faith markers. He will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. See, one of the things you got to know is when you're going as a Christian, when you're walking with God, that the battle is God's. See, it's not your job. The Bible says he's the author and finisher of our faith. Most of the time, all God is doing is asking us to believe him and walk in what we believe, and he'll do the rest. David knew from the beginning, David went into the battle saying, this is God's thing. How many of you are in the battle right now? Have you thought, have you get sit back and say, you know what? I don't know what's going on with this thing. I don't know how it's going to turn out, but you know what? I believe that this battle is God. God's going to fix this. God's going to fix this. And that's what David was saying. David was saying, no, you, you're sitting there taunting the arms of God. So God is going to deliver you. He's just going to use me. How many you know that God is looking for a vessel of faith? That's all he wants. You ain't going to do the work. You're not capable. You're not smart enough. You're not strong enough. But how do you know your God is? And he's just looking for a vessel to which he can express his glory. And then finally, we see here in First uh, Samuel chapter 17, that God re- rewarded David's faith and not his fear. Faith won over fear. David then put his hand in his bag, (verse number 49 and 50, took out a stone. And he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead so that the stone, the, the stone sank in his forehead. He fell on his faith to the earth. So David prevailed. <laughs> I love this verse. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. It, it's almost like the writer wants you to get that, right? It's like the writer is really telling you, hey, by the way, y'all know what David was fighting with? You know, it's like somebody who's got an M16 and then you want to come out there talking about something. I'm, I'll be back. I'm going to get a slingshot. You, you look at me and say, somebody need to have Pastor Bailey committed. He's crazy. Don't you go. You're going to get killed. That's what it was like. David now, who is a warrior at, at heart, so David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone, instructed Philistine, and killed him. But then it goes on to say, but there was no sword in the hand of David. As the writer is like saying, but you know David, he ain't had a slingshot. You know why, you know why the writer really was saying that? Because he wants you to understand that David never killed Goliath anyway. It was God working through him. It was David's faith. God rewarded his faith. See, when you walk in faith, God will do supernatural things. Are y'all hearing me? And, and you won't have to do it because you can't. David defeated Goliath because he had faith to believe that God would do it through him. That's how Goliath fell down. How many know? How many, it doesn't even make sense that a stone. Would kill a man as massive as Goliath. Because in the natural it cannot happen. It can't happen. But what faith in God will do, it changes the game. It's the game changer. So David prevailed with just a stick and a stone, a sling and a stone, simply because he believed God. I got a question, a couple of questions for you this morning as we close. A couple of questions. What are you believing God for? Now, I want you to think about it. What are you believing God for? Now, if you say to me that, Pastor, I'm not believing God for anything, then what that tells me is that you're not really yet walking in faith consistently. Because how many know that as a Christian, you're always going to be believing God for something? If nothing else, you're believing God's. For to save somebody you love, to save a family, to do, I mean, you know what I'm saying? You're believing God for something. But then the next question is: are you looking for that next moment when God shows up big in your life? Are you looking? Are you anticipating a move of God? Or are you just simply just existing? God wants and is looking for people of faith. He don't care who it is. He just needs somebody who would believe him. Is that you? Are you going to be that person that says, God, here I am. Use me. Or are you going to be that person that says, Lord, I can't, I can't, and give all the reasons why you can't. Y'all remember Moses gave all the reasons why he couldn't lead the people out of Egypt. Y'all remember? I can't talk. I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't do this. I can't do that. Yup, you know how that story ended. Moses wised up and Moses led the people out because Moses had developed the faith to believe God. I want you to understand something this morning. You choose faith over fear. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. I want to minister, I want to talk to you as we close the